All right, hey, I've got just a few minutes left with you here, and I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of James, chapter 5. Someone say, we're going to finish it. We're going to finish it. You guys been enjoying this book of James we've been in lately? Hey, man, I've been getting lots of good feedback. Thank you guys for that. And uh, we're going to wrap it up here today. This message, we've been, excuse me, in a series called Vantage Point, but today we're going to call this message, Light Has Come. Everyone say that with me. Light has come. Come. One more time. Light has come. And in the spirit of the season, we're going to wrap this up with this theme. And uh, while staying in the flow of where we've been in the book of James. And how many know that, you know, this is the season where um, we're a little more aware of, of the light. You know, we drive down the road and we see that little twinkle, you know, or that million bulbs on a house, you know. And, uh, you know, there, there's something amazing about seeing that house is decorated, isn't it? There was a, I, I don't know, I think this is probably in Indianapolis, there was a, um, some acquaintances of ours who, uh, when Melissa and I were living down there, and they would time their lights to music. And when you pulled up, um, they had a local radio frequency they were distributing from their house, and you could go to like 88.9 or whatever it was, and you could sync in the music and listen to it in your car sitting in front of their house. And you could hear the songs that they were streaming or putting over the airwaves and then see the light show, how it matched the music, you know. And, and everyone would just kind of sit there and watch. And so they became a spectacle. There would be like a 20-minute wait on the, in their neighborhood. People in their cars just waiting to pull up a little closer. And, and then you just drive away. I was like, could you imagine if like people just like drive up to your house and like stare for a little while? People you don't know. You know, isn't it funny, if, if, if you didn't have lights on your house and, and, and that wasn't going on and someone came up and stood in, your, in, in, your, in front of your house staring at you, you would call the police? How many know that context goes a long way, doesn't it? It's like, why are these people out in front of my house? What are they doing? Well, you have a light show going on and people are drawn to the light. Come on, somebody. You know, it's interesting, in this season, we're, we have a lot of light, you know, that's out. And, and there, there was a light that was, that was shining over, over Bethlehem. There was a star, wasn't there? And out of that star was, was the guiding light uh, for the three wise men. And we also know that an angel of the Lord came and showed up and said, hey, I got good news of great joy. You know, the Savior has come. And, and so there's all this light that's going on. And Jesus ultimately said, hey, you know what, I am the light of the world. How many are thankful that he was the light of the world? How many are thankful that he is still the light of the world? Amen. And so we're going we're gonna to go into a little bit of light today. And, but we're going to start in James chapter 5, verse 7. And uh, I, I think we got some scripture on the screen. We can all follow along. Here, here it goes. It says, be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruits of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and late rains. We're going to go right through this. Go ahead. Next verse. All right. You also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example, the suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord, behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You've heard the steadfastness of Job. Is, is this James chapter 5? Okay, good. 
How the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Everyone say, the light has come. Here we go, verse 12. But above all, my brothers, do not swear either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. Verse 13, it says, is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Verse 14, is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Verse 15 says, and the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Verse 16, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power at its working. Someone say great power. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed fervently that it might not rain. And for three years and six months, it did not rain on the earth. Verse 18, it says, and then he prayed again, and, the, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. Verse 19, it says, my brothers, if anyone among you wander, wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that whoever brings back a sinner from his wandering will save his soul from death and will cover a multitude of sins. And so here we have in James chapter 5, there's this, there's this basically this paraphrase between 7 and verse 12. And, and another version talks about, hey, don't, don't grumble. Don't grumble with, amongst your brothers. Don't allow this, some of these things to fester inside of you. And then all of a sudden in verse 13, he shifts into talking um, about some power um, in the declaration of our faith and, and the prayers that we pray. And I want to talk to you about the power of connection and how it relates to light. In John chapter 1 verse 5, it says that the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Someone say that's some good news. It says the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Some scientists say that light is simply like this, that light is the facilitator between us and the universe. Light is the facilitator between us and the rest of the universe. Um, you know, I don't have all my science right. I'm not amazing. Um, Jeff and Tara and I were having a fun conversation about photons and electrons and all that action. Um, so I'm not, a, I'm not a physicist, um, you know, by any means. But generally speaking, you know, the earth does not generate light energy. We get our light energy from the sun and from the stars, okay? And, and, and so there, there's this, this idea that we were designed not to create light, but to absorb and reflect light, right? You were made to, design, to absorb and reflect light. And so, um, so atoms, they, they absorb it. And so they, they absorb it. And, uh, and so, and, you know, and you know this is true because when you go into a room and you, and, and the light, or when you go out of a room and you turn the lights off, light doesn't continue to bounce around, does it? These light bulbs are emitting photons right now. We've created them. We made them. And, uh, and so as they're doing this, um, there is energy being released. Into, uh, there's a wave that's being released from these lights. And Ma Mark, you're, you're a physicist, aren't you? He could get up here and do a much better job at this. Anyways, um, you can, you can, everyone go talk to Mark afterwards and find out what's really happening, okay? And, and so, but essentially what's happening is when you turn these lights out and, the, and it stops emitting these photons, if you will, if I'm saying this correctly, light doesn't continue to bounce in the room. It turns dark, doesn't it? And that's because the atoms and the structure of the room, they absorb the light. They absorb it. 
Look at your neighbor and say, they absorb it. And you could look at him one more time and be like, they absorb it. No, that's creepy. Don't do that. Don't, actually, don't do that. That, that was weird. Let's, 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 let's not be weird here, you know. You know, so we have this very physical presence of light. What, what if there's just in the same way, you know, earlier we were talking about the fact that I can hear without my ears. Everyone say, woohoo. You know, I mean, it's a little bit strange to say that because no one ever says that in life outside of in the church. But it's true, and our supernatural um, reality is that we have a spirit inside of us and that we were designed to communicate and we don't always need our ears. Just in the same way, I would like to propose to you that while light is a physical thing, there's also some light that's happening in the spirit. Come on, somebody. There's some light that's happening in the spirit. And so when you begin to talk about Jesus as the light of the world, when you begin to talk about that light shines in the darkness and the dark, darkness has not overcome it, how many know that they we're talking about a spiritual matter here? Spiritual matter. That was a play on words. Ha, ha, ha. Matter, spiritual. Okay, great. We're doing good. Light was meant to be absorbed. And so, you know, there, there's something powerful about, you know, creation and that um, essentially at, a, at a, an atomic level, things like electrons, they absorb energy. And then they're, they're things, a lot of things get reordered and defined in all of creation according to these structures. And so they take energy and they emit energy and things get reordered and repositioned. There's essentially levels of energy that every atom is managing at a ground state or, uh, or, a, or a greater state than that, these energy states. And so I don't know all this stuff, whatever. But what I'm trying to tell you is that your body changes when it begins to encounter light. It impacts your body. These waves that come into you, they impact your body. It's the same with sound. When sound waves come to you, they move the inside of who you are. That's why we all love music. There's something happening at the, you know, at the atomic level, you know, the molecular level as well. Like there's things that are happening and moving as sound or as these waves of light also would come into your body. And, and so what this means is that whatever's true about the physical is also true about the spiritual. They run in parallel with one another. When you encounter the light, it changes who you are. It impacts who you are. And, and we're not always real comfortable with this idea of energy. Evangelical Christians are not comfortable with the idea that God is, is, is embodied in energy. How many know that you're made of energy? That, that's what you are. You know, you're, you're made of atoms, and atoms have all this energy around them, and, and your skin is not a physical substance. It is, it is a physical substance, but it's made up of a bunch of energy that we can't see, right? And so for some reason, it all sticks together, and I don't know why. You know, it's like, it's a miracle, you know? But, you know, as, but as energy increases, it changes how your body relates with itself. You know, it changes, it changes the hydrogen, it changes the nitrogen, the carbon, and the oxygen. Like these things that you're made of, it changes them, how they relate with one another, and how they impact one another. And sometimes the energy of one world is kind of making a little bit of a mess in the energy of another world. 
Sometimes these atoms collide. Sometimes weird stuff happens. And I tell you what, when you get encountered with Jesus, a supernatural light comes to you and it begins to change a little bit of who you are. And all of a sudden there's an energy about you begins to relate with the energy around you. Have you ever met that person who just walks in the room and you're like, well, they're just so happy today. But they didn't say anything. Like they weren't humming, you know, rocking around the Christmas tree. They weren't humming. They weren't whistling. And they, they didn't say, hello, everybody. I mean, there'd be some conclusions if they did that. You'd be like, oh, they're obviously very happy. But on Monday morning, if someone just comes in, You're going to begin to realize something's going on. But there's sometimes when someone just walks in the room and you just sense or you feel that they're in a good mood. Right? What's happening? You know, there's sometimes when people walk in the room and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no. I've been trying not to have one of them Mondays. But, oh, no, you are one of those Mondays waiting to happen. Like, you just know when they walk in the room, they're just like, they haven't even said anything yet. But you just know they are not in a good mood. What's happening in those moments? They got some energy going on. And their energy is being scaled up, and it's invading the energy of your life. It's actually true. This is not some weird new age thing. This is true. You emit energy in your body, and it is interacting with the energy of other people that are around you. When you begin to think that your skin is not a barrier, it just looks like or feels like a barrier to us and our limited perspective. But when you realize this is actually just energy all relating with one another, you would realize that, you know, we, we sense a separation here, but there's actually not a separation. Like a powerful question is actually to ask this. Where do I end and where do you begin? Physically. Now, we use things like our skin as external boundaries. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, because sometimes we can get a little, you know, you know, we can get each other's space a little bit. You know, but like if you know someone, you can just get, you know, hey, Papa T, what's up, man? I can get in this guy's space. I can give him a hug for a minute. And then after that, we got to reassess the relationship. I mean, right? I mean, there, there's a permission here for us to be close. But if we were always this close, it would get a little strange. Right? But, you, but you know, it's like, hey, we can talk and, you know, we can talk and be, be this close and interact. And we can do this for days. Easy button. But if I was all up on your lap and all in your business here, it wouldn't be great. Like, you might try to laugh. <laughs> Drew, <laughs> get off. This is enough. That was funny for two seconds. Stop it. We talk about our revival hugs around here, you know. A revival hug is when a hug lasts a little bit longer than the first, like, love pat. You know, the tap out, right? Where's Mike Rudder at? Is he in the house? The hug tap out. Anyone know what we're talking about? You bring it in for a hug. Oh, yeah. Tap, tap, tap. Out. Done. And everybody knows it. It's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Tap, tap, tap. Oh, we're done. I got the tap. We're done. As soon as you tap, it's over. 
It doesn't even matter if you tap. If someone else taps, the hug's done. I mean, it just you got to step away from the hug. And sometimes when you hang on to that hug a little longer than that tap, the other person, you can kind of feel that like, oh, oh, okay, I, I, I guess we're, we're staying here a little longer. You know, and, and, and something amazing can begin to happen if it's a safe hug. <laughs> Not a safe hug? Good things aren't happening. You know, oxytocin is, is developed in these moments in, in, our, in our form of our connection. And, and so the longer that we hug, there's actually anything, any hug over 20 seconds begins to build oxytocin, which is one of the most healthy chemicals you can produce, you know, in your internal world. It promotes health, it promotes satisfaction, it promotes all kinds of amazing things. And yet, oftentimes, we are concerned about our space. We're concerned about how I mean, I can only, sometimes people talk, and they just talk a little too close. What, what? So the powerful question, but it's always different for everyone else, isn't it? There's some people who don't want anybody close to them. And there's some people who just think they should be close to everybody. So some people are creepy, but most people just don't understand that how you manage your personal space is different than how I manage my personal space. Meaning this, when do you begin to experience my energy? She's like, right about there, Drew. Thank you so much. Did you make chili? No, you didn't make chili? Okay. I'm excited about chili. Anyone have, we're having chili later on. I can smell it. Oxytocin's in the air. And, uh, and so, I'm like super rabbit trailing here, but anyways... Like, let's just think about this for a second because we're here. We're, we're, I mean, I, I, we, we got here and we're here. Like, let's think about this. Through the laying on of our hands, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Come on, somebody. What about when your spirit man and your physical man has been encountered with light? And your electrons are a little charged at the moment. Come on, somebody. And all of a sudden, there is something on the inside of me that's interacting with the inside of him as I begin to lay my hands upon his body. Come on, somebody. What, what, what if there's something in, in the design of creation where when my electrons are a little hopped up on the juju photons, come on, somebody, that it begins to interact with the human body of the people that I'm around? What if? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I'm just asking questions. But I feel like there's something meaningful. Why would we be commanded to do it? You know, we're, sometimes we're, we're like, well, you know, you know those, that, those charismatic churches are always touching everyone. Like, why are they doing that? You know, like, they make us hug. They make us, like, you know, they, like, hold hands and pray. They don't, like, put your hand on the shoulder of your neighbor. Like, they're not my neighbor. I don't know them. Like, why are they making us do all this stuff? Why, why are they so touchy-touchy? Why can't we, do, like, you know, like, no personal space? Like, the reason is because there's something powerful in touch. Come on, there's something beautiful about a transfer that can happen that's not just happening in the spirit, but it's happening in the physical as well. And so, you know, light is a facilitator between us and the universe, but what if light is also the facilitator between me and my brother or my sister? There's something powerful here, and I, I, I'm, we're going to cruise to James 5. I'm going to go right here to what I want to get to, and we're going to wrap this thing up. In verse 16, can you guys bring up verse 16 for me real quick? 
It says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. Someone say great power. Therefore, confess your sins to God. Therefore, confess your sins to the priest. Therefore, confess your sins to Jill. One another. Someone say one another. You know, isn't it interesting that we think God needs us to confess things to him? Isn't that interesting? Come on. You know, we think Romans 10, 9, and 10 is about making God feel good that we profess that he was Lord. You know, but here Paul's leveraging a very Roman, very strong Roman ceremony where Roman citizens had to profess to another Roman that Caesar was Lord. Come on. How many know that Caesar is Lord was for an earthly government? To get citizenship in an earthly government. And Paul's saying, hey, as you've said it about Caesar to one another, now say it to one another that Jesus is Lord. It, he didn't say profess with your mouth that he is Lord. It says, come on, somebody. There's something powerful about a human interaction one to another where all of a sudden something becomes possible that wasn't possible before. Go with me to the book of John. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. We don't have this one on the screens. I'm going to read this if you don't have it. 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 9. It says, this is the message that we have heard from him and declared to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. Someone say no darkness. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light... We have fellowship with one another. With who? With God? With the priests? No, with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Verse 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Someone say, I've got a confession to make. Someone should write that song. I think it might do well. Little Foo Fighters, anybody? All right. A few of you. I've got a confession to make. I'm no fool. Um, it's Dave Grohl. I mean, you've got to love Dave Grohl. Anyways, um, so if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins. Who are we confessing to, everybody? Ho, ho, ho! It says, if, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And it purifies us from all sin. Come on, somebody. I, I got a few people over here who know what's going on. I said, your Bible says, if you confess your sins one another, that you get pure. Come on, somebody. I mean, my energy's getting in your space right now. I'm sorry. Well, Drew, this is very private. This is, this is between me and the Lord. 
<laughs> you know, now, now sometimes Christians are a little overzealous about this, and actually they were a lot in the past, and we abused things like this, and we shamed people. And so in the spirit of shame, we have eliminated the, the, the healthy brother-to-brother, sister-to-sister interaction of saying, hey, this is where I've been weak and I need to be strong. Brother, I need to share this with you so that I can be purified in the blood of Jesus. You see, in, in darkness you don't overcome. But he's saying here that in the light, if you walk in the light as he is in the light and have fellowship with one another, you'll be purified from all sin. I mean, this is just what it says, everybody. This is the message we've heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness. You know, there's a lot of things in the world that we wish had a little bit of light. But at the same point, we need to do a little reassessment about our own capacity to facilitate light encounters. I would like to propose to you that we are creating light encounters the moment I'm vulnerable and the moment I'm transparent and the moment I begin to go to my brother and I go to my sister and I go to those that I love and I go to those who have my back and I go to those that I can trust and say, hey, I need you right now. I need you. I need you. I don't have this figured out. I tried. It didn't work out. I did my best. Didn't work out. I knew I shouldn't do this, and I did it anyways. It didn't work out. I need your help. Pray with me. Don't fix me. Pray with me. Love me. Be here with me. And let this encounter of transparency become healing for my body and for my spirit. Come on, somebody. You see, light doesn't have an argument with darkness. There's no argument. When light shows up, darkness has to go. Come on, somebody. I said darkness has to go. <laughs> Some of us have been living in a little bit of darkness. Because the lie the enemy has said that if you share your weakness, you'll be taken advantage of. It's, it's told us that if you share your weakness, that you'll, you'll be expelled from really being able to connect and relate. It said if you share your weakness, all of a sudden you're going to be on the outside. I would like to propose to you that the only way you get on the inside is by confessing your sins one to another. Come on. I don't need to know all your business. Please, believe me, I am not asking you to confess your sins to me right now. I don't got time for that. But there are people who know you in your everyday life, who are walking out your everyday life with you, who are walking out Jesus with you, who have your back and doing life. Come on, somebody. Those are the people you need to go to and say, hey, I need you right now. This didn't work out. And in the encounter of saying, hey, this is where I've been weak, it's in that moment that light begins to show up and darkness has to go. You see, the person that you're talking to doesn't free you. It's the encounter of vulnerability that light shows up, and all of a sudden, it's in the experience of confession to a brother, to a sister, that allows light to be possible. 
And when light is possible, darkness can't be there anymore. You know, have you ever been in that moment where you were holding on to a secret? Anybody bad at giving Christmas gifts because of that? Anybody like, I mean, I mean like, you just have any, come on, let's just be honest. Who would prefer to give Christmas gifts early? Because you just can't stand it. It's like, I got a secret. I got a secret. Like you, I got, oh, wait till you see what I got you for Christmas. It's amazing. It's a hair dryer. Here, open it. You know? It's really interesting in the Hebrew and the, what, what do they call the, stu- the, the study of numbers uh, connected to language? What is it called? Anyone know? Uh, yeah, there's another word. It starts with a G. Looking for. Anyways, in, in, this, uh, in, in the study of numbers and words, um, light and, and secret in the Hebrew are the same. And there's something that's longing to get exposed in a secret. There's something, there's something powerful about this idea that, you know, I, I know something and something is available and it's about to be known. Because how many know that no secret ever stays a secret? Let's just be honest. It gets told somewhere at some point at some time. Someone's going to know something's going on. Whatever you do in secret, come on, it gets shouted from the rooftops. Secrets aren't made to be hidden. Secrets are made to be hidden for a moment until they get shouted from the rooftops. Whether good, bad, or ugly, that's what's going to happen, somebody. Amen? And so isn't it powerful that when we invite light into these moments, that something that was a secret no longer is? And there's healing that comes in this moment. You see, we're a little more concerned with, with our Instagram life. The, the idea of our life. The, the perception of how we live. The perception of how we do stuff. You know, what's for sure true is that some of you, um, because of the weird dynamics we have in church about leaders and their lives being perfect, if, if my imperfections were communicated with you, some of you would have a hard time with that. And some of you would be like, finally, we <laughs> He's human. Praise God. Right? Right? <laughs> I love how unreligious our church is. You guys are amazing. Right? But the truth is, is that we're all in process here of letting God become our strength. We're all in process of joy increasing. We're all in process of letting, of letting the light come into. And I tell you what, the the the. the the more that I confess, not in repetition, meaning i got to confess multiple times. I'm saying the more vulnerable I, I, I maintain, the transparency I maintain in my relationships, I tell you what, the more light that shines from me. And in science, here, here's where it is. In science, it, it says this, that an electron receives a photon, it gets, it's going around the atom. All right, and then it receives a photon, and it gets this energy. When it experiences light, it gets energy, and then it moves into a bigger cycle. All right, and it's moving faster and faster, and then more energy comes, and it gets even bigger. And now it's like massive, and it's like it's going on. It's crazy, it's crazy, it's crazy. And then it can't sustain it, or usually it'll separate. But if it wants to sustain it, which most of them sustain life, they realize that they have to transfer down to another level of energy. And so to get to another level of energy, they have to emit the photon that they received and they absorbed. And so then they go back to this ground state, if you will. And so there's something powerful about this idea that I can emit light. That the thing that I receive now begins to come out of me. 
Look at your neighbor and say, there's something shining out of you. You see, we were designed to interact with light. We were designed to be an encounter where darkness is overcome. And so what does it look like for light to be invited into your world? Where's the place in our lives where we need a little bit of light? We all have them, right? Maybe we could talk to our spouse a little different. Maybe we could have a little more patience with our kids. Maybe we could eat a little less. Amen. Let's bless the food. All right. Amen. Dear Lord, multiply the food for the benefit of my body. Starting tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. 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 We'll get some restraint tomorrow. That word was a little out of season, wasn't it? That, that's what it was. That was a future word. We're prophesying in a future experience. <laughs> you know, some of us are, are, are a little angry. We got a little anger inside of us. Some of us are a little jealous right now, somebody. Some of us have been talking a little too much. You know, right? Just... There are opportunities for God's strength and his light to be shown in our weakness. Oh. Because when I'm weak, he's strong. He's so strong. He's so strong. We need one another. We need relationship. I'm not talking about superficial relationship where, you know, we just got to practice these things because you believe in God and I believe in God, so now I'm obligated to air my dirty laundry with you. That's not what I'm talking about here. No, we need to dig some deep wells of covenant relationship with two, three, or four people that we know have our backs and are going to love us and create the room just by sitting and being quiet and letting you let light come in as you share the things in your life that you need to share. The greatest friends that I have are not people who've told me how to live. They've simply let me process who I am and who I'm not and then love me through the process. Just continue to have my back. Got your back, Drew. Drew, got your back. Still here. Not scared, Drew. Still love you. That's amazing, Drew. You're doing awesome. Yep, still here. Wow, that's a doozy. Man, all right, Drew. Yep, I still love you. Come on. Can I get a big amen on that? So, Father, I just released right now new levels of support system in the room. Father, I release the hope of people that are going to love. People are going to have unconditional, radical, radical generosity in their time. Radical generosity in their listening ear. Lord, we invite light to come right now in a new and powerful way. In Jesus' mighty name. Lord, we invite light to overcome the darkness. 
in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I thank you for new friendships. I thank you for new connection. Father, I thank you for new support system right now. Lord, I thank you, God, that, that Lord, uh, for the risk that people in this room are about to take um, as they begin to uh, test the relationships in their lives, to know what their relationships are really made of. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that you cover, that love covers. And, uh, and, and so, Lord, I thank you, Lord, as we take risk, that we would see the strength that will come out of those moments of trust. That, Lord, we would truly experience your light. That we would walk in the light as you are in the light. And so, Lord, I thank you that light is not a condition. It's simply the absence of you. And the moment we invite you in, darkness has to flee. Thank you, Lord, that you're not intimidated by darkness. Thank you, Father. And so right now, I just feel like the Lord just dropping people's faces to you. And these people's faces are people that um, you need to be a better friend to. And there are some other people that you're longing for a little more friendship with. And you're knowing that you can leverage that person in your life at a stronger level. And by leverage, I mean relationship. You can dig a little deeper. And so what's one thing you can do this week to invite that person into deeper relationship? What's one thing you can do to make yourself more available to the person who's longing for relationship? That you know you're supposed to play in their life. What is the light encounter that's waiting to happen in your life? And what's God's dream of what's available after that encounter? <laughs> I just see Papa God has like these presents just waiting for us. That have always been available. But they've been a little hidden. Things were a little foggy. We weren't seeing so clearly. But the moment we invite other people in, light begins to burst on the scene. And so, Father, I just release courage into the room right now. Lord, that we not just be people who are inspired, but we take action. That, Lord, we would um, step out in trust and in risk for the things, God, that you are inviting us into. Yeah. Light 